This is Double Strength Mama Power. It's the Stuff Podcast. As you try to recall the last time you had eight hours sleep, take a moment to remind yourself that you're not alone. All around New Zealand, there are tons of Kiwi parents doing the hard yards just like you. And we understand because we're parents too. And Mumpedia Pro 3 Toddler Milk, proudly developed in New Zealand. Have you done something even weirder to try and get your kids to sleep? We once um, went on a boat because we heard that that would help um, the baby go to sleep. And it did. And then I was like, should we live on a boat? (laughs) (laughs) That's Emily Wright. Looking forward to hearing from her. I think we can all relate to how we feel with sleep deprivation. I must admit, now my kids are bigger and sleeping quite well. I'm missing the cold feet in the middle of my back. How about you, Tui? Oh, look, we went through the whole spectrum. Of course we did. There were times where it was insanely hard. It felt almost impossible. And there were other times where they were just little angels. And they're actually giving it back to me now. So on days where I'm just exhausted, I'll say to them, oh, darling, mummy just needs a rest. And Olive will come to me with her little kids' meditation book and say, shall I read to you, mum? And we do need to look after ourselves. And so that's why we have Mindful Moments as part of this podcast, which are for you. Yes, now your wonderful practical takeaway. What are we talking about today? Today I've got a body scan, Susie. Now, I have no idea what that is, so I'm so looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. This is Double Strength Mama Power. Kia ora koutou. How are you doing? Are you bright and bubbly and full of energy? Or are you listening to this through a hazy fog brought on from not enough sleep? Ah, yes, deep, sweet slumber, shut-eye, nighty-nights. That vital state which recalibrates our emotions, restocks our immune system, fine-tunes our metabolism, and regulates our appetite. So important. So what happens when the smallest people in the household fail to get with the program? How do you solve sleeplessness in your child when you may be slowly going mad from lack of sleep yourself? Well, someone who has grappled with this dilemma exhaustively and exhaustedly is author of Is It Bedtime Yet? Welcome, the wonderful Emily Wrights. Now, Emily, take us back to the beginning. Small children and sleep. Is that a combo that works? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. I feel like I have, you know trauma from those early days of just never getting any sleep. When I had my first baby, I think I just totally underestimated how little sleep I was going to get. I had this um, ridiculous idea. I don't know where I got it from, but I thought that babies started sleeping through at six weeks old. I don't know why I thought that. It's so absurd now that I'm like, been a mum for six years and I haven't slept in six years. <laughs> so yeah, my uh, my firstborn was a, probably a normal um, sleeper and that he woke often and that type of thing, but he had a lot of health problems. So the time that we spent in hospital probably exasperated his ability to sleep. But then when I had my second child, um, he is really a no sleep warrior <laughs> of a child. And for probably the first three years, he didn't sleep longer than a couple of hours at a time. We used to drive around for hours trying to, I think everybody's sort of done that, of driving around for hours trying to get your child to go to sleep. We once um, went on a boat because we <laughs> that would 
we heard that would help um, the baby go to sleep. And it did. And then I was like, should we live on a boat? <laughs> and my husband was like, oh, look on trade me for how much, how much a boat is. So, yeah, we were really like, well, if we have to live on a boat, you know. <laughs> We can do that, you know. It was a trying time. I'm really glad that we don't live on a boat. <laughs> well, it it is a big part of us because it affects us in so many different ways. It's not just about the kids not sleeping. If they don't sleep, we yeah. don't sleep. And a sleep-deprived mama or sleep-deprived papa is not a pretty thing, is it? <laughs> I don't think I really ever realised just how bad it can get. I remember with our second baby just... When we got to about 18 months old and he was still waking every 45 minutes and we'd tried everything under the sun and it got to the point where we couldn't drive, like um, my husband almost had an accident from from being so sleep deprived and my hands would shake. And I think it's this really hidden part of parenting where you you live in this fog and it's really isolating and you see other mums who are getting more sleep or other parents and you just can't relate to them at all. And you, it, it's a very, it's terrible for a parent's mental health to have a child who doesn't sleep. So what has worked for you when getting your wee ones to sleep? Yeah, so my main thing it, is that I've now come to realise um, that sleep is really a developmental milestone in my view. I don't believe it is something that happens by a particular age. Now I'm kind of in this place where I've realised that some kids aren't good sleepers and it doesn't matter what you do. Um, If you have a kid that's not going to sleep, they're not going to sleep. You know, now I've got to a place where my um, three-year-old sleeps with me um, usually he'll go to sleep by himself, but sometimes I'll lay down and read him a story and he'll fall asleep with me. But he sleeps with me every night. And I know it's not always going to be like that. I know that and it could change tomorrow or in a couple of months or even a year. But I've learned to be kind to myself about it. I Before I had kids, I said I'll never have them in my bed. I said I would never do all of these things that I ended up doing, like having them fall asleep on me, um, not using a cot, all, I mean, all these things. I had this beautiful cot set up and he never slept in it. He just <laughs> refused. I'm really learning now that each child is an individual child and no one book is going to speak to every single parent and every child in the world. The advice that I give to all parents in the same boat is to say you need to do what feels right for you and what makes you feel okay. Um, You know what, just what is follow your instincts and your heart a bit more because we have so much advice and people sort of profiting off this idea that there's only one way to make a child sleep and you must do this and they must be sleeping at a certain age. And I guess I try to say where I am after six years of not (laughs) having much sleep is I take sleep where I can get it. I have naps wherever I can and stuff like that. But mostly I have I try to just enjoy the bits like waking up next to my snuggly little munchkin and his little sleepy smiles and all that. That's what I try and savour those moments and remember that those outweigh the nights where I'm exhausted and he won't stop crying or, you know, it's hard. One piece of advice that I got given was 
take sleep when you can get it. So I took great delight in curling up underneath my desk at work <laughs> some days <laughs> just to get that sleep. And it was like, it's okay. Somebody yeah. told me I can do this. Have you ever tag teamed so that you one of you got sleep while the other one was Absolutely. awake? Absolutely. Oh, good. My husband was really excited to be a dad. Right from early on, um, my husband helped with everything like in the night. I always felt like I had somebody in my corner. When He never ever subscribed to the notion that he should not have to get up during the night and I wouldn't have survived if he thought that way. Um, and it's one of the things I'm starting to see a real difference with in dads. Um, these dads who maybe had dads who never even changed a nappy sort of thing, but now get up regularly during the night, rock the baby back to sleep while mum goes to sleep. And to me, that is the difference between a mum being able to get through and a mum who maybe is struggling so much that she can't find any joy in parenting. Because my husband and I would, would split the night. He's very good at also saying to me on the weekend, it's time for you to have a nap. Sure. Give the gift of naps. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like my love language is naps. When my husband says to me, "Hun, do you want a nap?" I, I just feel like he turns into like Your Dwayne Tommy. the Rock yeah. Johnson or something <laughs> like that. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm so hot for you right now. <laughs> oh, but then you, as... <laughs> then you wouldn't get any sleep. <laughs> yeah, Emily, did you worry about criticism from other people when you were looking for solutions on sleep? Oh, absolutely. I cried a lot reading. Um, in hearing from people um, who were saying things like, if you respected your child's need to sleep, you would do this or that, oh, wow. not knowing that I had already tried everything. And I think, you know, the sleep, uh, there's now a kind of sleep industry in the world that we never, ever had before. And that's, we have, you know, sleep consultants charging hundreds and hundreds of dollars um, to come in and tell you how to get your kid to sleep and that type of thing. That's not something we had before. And that industry kind of relies on mums not like feeling like if their child doesn't sleep by a certain point, they've failed as a parent, so they need to get outside help. And I mean, I had, I tried three con sleep consultants. I was desperate. Is that quite expensive? We paid $200 for them to sit in our lounge and say, oh, yeah, that's strange that that didn't work, <laughs> you know. And we had one that we paid a couple of hundred dollars for who told me that um, maybe it was past life experience. I just despair at how much money I spent. Like, <laughs> they have this thing, a shusha, and it just is like this egg-shaped thing. I don't, it's very weird. And it just goes, shh, shh, shh. And my, <laughs> my child hated it. And I started, me and my husband would use it on each other when we were irritated by each other. We would turn it on. And, you know, so it was worth it for that, I suppose. Have you had anybody outside of your own house offer you support? Oh, absolutely. It got it got to the point where I was so sleep deprived when, when my youngest was about two years old that my friends did a roster for me where they would come every Saturday 
um, they would take my oldest um, to chipmunks and take the little one for a walk or something like that so that me and my husband could sleep for a couple of hours together. Um, because sometimes it, it sounds so weird, but it was like the only time we got to sleep in the same bed because, <laughs> because the kids were up and down and it would be like you kind of do this merry-go-round of beds where, where I would get up and sneak into whatever bed was empty and then I would wake up and there'd be a baby in there and I'd be like, why did you follow me into this bedroom? <laughs> and then I would get up and go to the next bedroom and my husband would be in it and I'd be like, oh, I'll go to the next. So yeah, we did like this musical um, beds thing at home, always trying to find an empty bed that didn't have a child in it. Your children do have their own beds, don't they? Oh, of course. They do. (laughs) My son's always had his own bed. He just refuses to sleep in it. It used to drive me mad when people said to me, um, they're only little once and cherish every moment and be grateful because I would be like, it's hard to be grateful when I've never slept, you know. But now that I'm getting a little bit more sleep, I'm just kind of like, wow, it does pass and then you're at this new stage where you're looking at your baby and you're like, you're a little boy now. Mm. You're a, you know, you're going to go to school in a year, you know. But I also think, I hope my son at 18 can come and sit next to me and know that I'll hold his hand and talk him through whatever thing he's going through in life. And maybe that time that he knew that I was always there maybe that is planting some kind of seed in him that Mm. reminds him that I'll always be there for him as his mum and there's never this time where he's too big for my love and support in whatever form that is. Good night to you, good night to me. Now close your eyes and go to sleep. I went for lunch in Wellington um, Library Cafe, but it was all good. I had the coffee, she woke up, and then she started crying. And it just freaked me out because, obviously, you're in the middle of the library, it's really quiet. So I was like, I know, I'm going to phone Terry on the way. He met me, and as soon as he's all calm, um, and I was, like, crying. I was like, I can't get her to sleep. I don't know what to do. And he was like, oh, just give it to me. And he started rocking her over, over, over a ledge, over, like, <laughs> a, a step, and did that for about two minutes, and then she went to sleep. And I was like, bloody hell, how did you know what to do? <laughs> I can so relate. Oh, me too. Oh, my goodness. Isn't it ironic that somebody else can come in and just scoop up that baby and everything's fixed? It's like, why? I why couldn't I do it? The frustration. I remember literally like it was, I don't know, only last week, the same thing happening to me when my littlest was um, really young. And I remember, you know, I was the one that got up in the nighttime. We had teamwork, but I was largely the one that got up in the nighttime. Mm-hmm. And I remember it, God, it would have been, you know, going on for two hours, me trying to get her to sleep and thinking, I can't do this anymore. And so called him in. Um, my husband, and, you know, it would be literally a matter of minutes. And on the one hand, I was so grateful, and on the other hand, I thought, why wouldn't she do that for me? Yeah, it's because we've got ourselves so wound up with the child that we're in this little ball of tension, and somebody else comes wafting Mm. in nice and calm and is able to take Mm. over. Hey, look, with Emily's conversation, I think what was really good there is talking about non-judgmental conversation around things like like sleep. Absolutely. She talked about being uh, isolated 
especially, you know, in the middle of the night. And so, yeah, to be able to talk about what's going on with others without fear of being judged for the way that you are doing things, mm-hmm. I think is so important. And the amazing thing about Emily is that she has this wonderful perspective now. She's seeing the fun in it. She's actually seeing the joy now in her child, you know, sometimes sleeping with her and um, cuddling up to her. And, and that's perspective, isn't it? To know that every day is a different day. All you need to do is get through this one sleep cycle. And it really helps if we've either got really good teamwork or in the case of solo parenting, maybe being able to do what Emily has done and uh, gather her friends around her who, what do they do? They put together a roster. It honestly kind of gave me the shivers when I heard that. I just thought that is, that's true compassion. I've heard of babysitting clubs before where parents get together and do babysitting for each other. Mm. So maybe there's the sleep club, the Mm. nap club. Mm. Love it. Yeah, naps are gold. And so are your mindful moments where we'll have just in a moment. What are we talking about today? Uh, I've got a body scan for you today. So this is just going to be a couple of minutes where you can lie down and take a little moment for rest and restoration. Wonderful. Well, if you want to share your sleep adventures with us, you can get in touch with us by leaving a review wherever you get our podcast. We would love to hear from you. One day you'll miss it, you know, the early morning wake-ups and jumping into bed snuggles. So enjoy it while it lasts. And Anmumpedia Pro 3 Toddler Milk will be right there with you. Anmum, you've got this. The transition between awake and asleep is such an important one. When we go into sleep with a calm body and calm mind, we're more easily able to access the deep restorative levels of sleep. One way to do this is to use a mindful practice like a body scan. Actually, you can do body scans at any time of the day to release tension and feel calm. So let's give it a go now. If it's before sleep you're doing this, then do this lying down in bed. For now though, if you can, do lie down. We'll only be here for a couple of minutes. Or you can do this sitting with both feet planted on the floor, arms resting one on each knee. You want your whole body to be untwisted and open. Okay, time to close down your eyes. Take a deep inhale through your nose and a full exhalation. This might be the first mindful breath you've taken all day, so let's take another. A deep inhale and a full exhale, allowing your body to become heavy. Now I'll guide you through a body scan and all I want you to do is to move your attention to each part of your body as I name it. Notice it without judgment, just notice and move on. Starting at the point between your eyebrows, the hollow of your throat, right shoulder, right elbow, right wrist, right fingers, right wrist, right elbow, right shoulder, the hollow of your throat, left shoulder, left elbow, left wrist, left fingers, left wrist, left elbow, left shoulder, your heart center, your belly, right hip, right knee, right ankle, right 
toes, right ankle, right knee, right hip, left hip, left knee, left ankle, left toes, left ankle, left knee, left hip, your belly, your heart centre, the hollow of your throat, the centre point between your eyebrows. Now, how are you feeling? This body scan gives the mind focus points which helps to quieten the monkey mind, all the chatter, and as you systematically move your attention to each area, your body is subtly releasing muscular tension at each point. So hopefully you're feeling calm in both mind and body. If you've got things still to do today, be kind to yourself. Move slowly. I highly recommend this before you go to sleep at night. Just move your mind to each point, and it doesn't matter if you do it in a different order or use different words. The important thing is to just be systematic. And it's a beautiful bonding practice to do for your children too. Of course, you can shorten it and sweeten the language a little for your little ones. Oh, Tui, that was just perfect. Let's face it, at this time of the year, it's so busy, isn't it? It sure is. And look, we'll be needing it for next time too, when we'll be talking flare-ups, meltdowns, frustration and tears. I'm hoping that doesn't sound like a (laughs) turn-off. Big feelings can be tough to handle at any age, and we want to give you some practical strategies on how to deal with your children and yourself when emotions are riding high. Oh, definitely. Hey, so looking forward to sharing time with you again very soon. We'll do that in January. We're going to take a little break over Christmas, but we hope it'll be a wonderful time for you and your family. Oh, perfect for perfecting Tui's mindful moments, breathing and keeping calm. That's the trick. Hey, now in the meantime... Just when you thought it was safe to go to bed, the five top reasons kids don't sleep. I can't go to sleep because the birds are still awake. I can't go in my bed. It doesn't want me in it. I can't go to sleep because I need a drink. I can't go to sleep because it's still light. I can't go to sleep because I'm too sleepy. You're just about to leave the house. Oh, now what was that one last thing you were going to pack? Oh, with all the tabs open in your head, it can be hard to remember which day it is or what you were doing. Even though we can't make up for the lack of sleep or lapse in concentration, we can reassure you of the care that goes into the development of our Anmumpedia Pro 3 toddler milk right here in New Zealand. Anmum, you've got this.